you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Fucking wrench. Look, I want to say visceral. They <laughs> fucking cut to a close-up to this guy's a fucking dick. Yeah, but not dick dick. Really, literally. I mean, he's in crotch. his underwear, his crotch. <laughs> he starts beating his dick. So I remember wrench. this part because when he hits it with his wrench, his dick just snaps and gets crooked. Yeah, <laughs> twice. He goes, bink, bink. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing that. I went, oh, and I grabbed my own. Yeah. Because it was so in five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I am your host, David So, and today we have my co-host. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just tell you, trying to grab this, this container of water. Today on the Genius Brain Podcast, we have Ed slash Ed Park VP here today. What's up? 
I just show Ed this fucking hilarious clip <laughs> of this old Korean man just K-raging inside of a restaurant. And I think only with Korean people, they think that it's acceptable to just constantly show your emotions 24-7. In public. In public. Yeah, with... As long as if there are a lot of people watching me, I'm for real. <laughs> yeah. So this, this, this is a video. So it was a story that somebody that I know um, posted, right? And I screen recorded just because of how fucking hilarious it is. <laughs> Watching an old Korean man with a uh, a fucking uh, what do you call it? The golf hat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The fucking what do you, what do you who who wears that shit? Sam, the Samuel L. Jackson hat. Yeah. The beret. Yeah, the beret. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it's called. They call it the Samuel L. Jackson. The Monica Lewinsky hat. Yeah. yeah, the beret. Yeah. <laughs> Stand up and just start screaming in the middle of a restaurant and thinking that is completely acceptable. So it's just old man. He looks like as Korean Ajishi as you could ever see his outfit. <laughs> Looking at his old friend, who, by the way, doesn't budge at all. Stands up. And he goes, you get which means basically this is who I am. You motherfucker. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. He goes, Doda, Doda it's like, you don't think I'm shit. <laughs> Mawa, let's take it outside. This guy's like 70 years old. Oh, God. How do you have that much rage at the age of 70? Blows my mind. Gets a shot glass, starts chucking it, shattering all over the place. This, this waitress comes up to him. She's freaking out, screaming because he's throwing glass at everybody. <laughs> he's talking all this shit. And all of a sudden, you see this one large young Korean man walk up. He goes, Baga, get out. And he goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Who are you? And then he asked the best question ever. Why are you? No way. Yeah. No way. Why are you? Which That is a Korean phrase. Yeah. Like, no way. Which literally translates to why are you? Yeah. Dude. Who are you? Oh my gosh. Why are you? That shit spontaneously happens in K-Town too, man. It's fucking like old Ajishi. They're like just causing up a stir or mm-hmm. whatever. Like um, even Dan told me he saw that shit where uh, he was with some of his youngs. And then um, the youngs he was with, that young's older brother was at another table, just coincidentally, right? And they said they're, you know, inside and whatever, and they're eating their meal. And then he said the next thing he knew, that guy's older brother did the same thing, slammed the fucking soju on the table, but then he grabbed the other guy's head, slammed it into the fucking barbecue grill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> started shit. Cussing him up and trying to fucking beat his ass. And then that, that, his young, which is, the Tongseng of that guy ran over. He's like, Young, stop! Stop it, Young! <laughs> it's fucking craziness in K-Town, dude. What in the hell, dude? That shit doesn't happen as as often as it used to. Like, for sure. Like, 10 years ago, that shit was like, some shit's gonna happen. Now, like, social media got them. Yeah. I can't show everybody these. Yeah. <laughs> They're all shy about it now. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking rage that some of these guys would have, man. Like, oh, even man. when I first met Bart and Joe... Uh, we used to go to this uh, Korean barbecue spot that was nine ninety, I think eight ninety nine actually. Uh-huh. So it was nine dollars. We're broke as shit. Yeah. Well, guess what? You go to broke ass Korean barbecue spots, you're gonna find some broke ass people. people. <laughs> <laughs> There's like we're we're sitting there having Korean barbecue, and this is like one of those moments that you have with people that you kind of just met, where you realize, oh, we're 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 kind of cut from the same cloth. So this guy starts screaming at people from table to table, and he goes, "Yeah, <laughs> 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 
like, say you're Japanese. <laughs> no, you, no, you, <laughs> so you Japanese, all right? No, no you're both out of me here. And this Korean as Korean fuck ever looks at me and goes, Tohangoku's out of me now. I'm Korean. And he goes, he goes, Aria. Oh my god. It's like, why are you at a Korean restaurant shoving your face with our food? He's like, Chongo's out of the Oh my god. He's just screaming and berating these people. Immediately, you just see me, Bart, and Joe get super tense. I grab like a soju bottle or like a, a like I think it was a beer bottle or some shit. A bottle. Bart grabs like the, the, the fucking knife at the table. And Joe grabs like a knife too and we're just like sitting there waiting. Oh god. And we kinda had this moment like, oh, we're about to fuck some shit up. Yeah, right? so he's out looking for Japanese. Yeah, then he goes over to the next table. Yeah. You're Japanese too. The guy's just fucking belligerent drunk, just berating all these Korean people, telling them that they're Japanese. Shit. So that reminds me of my friend who was visiting. Um, he's gay, but uh, he's super flamboyant, um, which, I mean, is fine, right? But when he gets drunk, he don't give a fuck, right? And we were at Gongji. <laughs> I took him out there, and this guy's already wasted. And he were, like, I was supposed to meet up with him and go out, but he already met up with me fucked up. So we're trying to, you know sit down and eat and have a meal but this guy's singing and dancing at the table it's fine but um when we cut there he he goes hello everyone hello i'm here okay i'm finally here oh he's flamboyant yeah. <laughs> and all the korean people are looking like uh he's walking down to the table and he taps on the shoulder hi i'm here now <laughs> doing that and then he's being loud and belligerent and then the weight Waiter comes up and he goes, um, excuse me, could you, could you please tone it down? Um, the other guests, uh, they, they, you're bothering them, right? And then he gets up and goes, who was it? Which one of you ratted me out, huh? And he goes, you faggots. <laughs> I was like, yo. You're gay. Yeah, like, you're okay. <laughs> I was just like, dude, like, let me eat this shit up and get the fuck out of here. Like. Oh my god! He called people faggots. The whole restaurant. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like, that's hilarious. Oh my god! But that dude's <laughs> fucking funny, but dude. He's like, I'm in K Town. <laughs> Is he Korean? No, no. He's like, he's like Hawaiian Japanese. Oh my yeah. god! That's that's fucking funny, dude. Oh my god! I was at a karaoke bar in K Town once, and there's there's always these like fucking. It's not just like. I know, I know we say flamboyant too, but it could be straight dudes that are like that too. Where yeah. they're, when they're drunk, they're the most obnoxious fucking people. They're walking up to everybody, putting their hands on people, like putting their oh my arms God, over yeah. them. Dog, I was at this karaoke spot and I remember this shit was so fucking funny. This guy's walking up, just like trying to have a drink with everybody, right? <laughs> and this is before when you're kind of standing in before you go into your karaoke rooms. It's like, yeah, fucking K-Town. We're about to have the fucking time of our life. Like, whoa, just screaming in everybody's face. And this guy comes up. And he puts his hands on him, right? He's like, he's like, oh, what are you guys up to tonight? And the guy looks at him and he's like, get your fucking hands off me, right? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> guy looks back. He goes, why, you don't like fucking gay people? He goes, no, I don't like fucking annoying faggots. Get the fuck away oh from me. Right? <laughs> and he was like, what? You fucking bigot? <laughs> it was like, I'm fucking gay. <laughs> 
I'm gay. Yeah. You're being a faggot. Yeah. <laughs> when you told me that shit, I was like, oh, fuck. I remember this time you yeah. came same shit. I'm fucking gay. But he didn't have, um, you know, like the, the, the feminine twang in yeah. his voice. So he wouldn't fucking know. Yeah. But he was being so obnoxious. And it reminded me of that Key and Peele sketch where they're in this office and the guy's like, oh, you don't like me because I'm gay. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, hey, you want to see a picture of this? He goes, what is that? It's my butthole. <laughs> And he goes, oh, I get it. You don't like me because I'm gay. Yeah. Right? He goes, no, you're being scared. really disrespectful and rude. Oh, I see. Just because I'm a gay man, you don't want me to show you my butthole. Yeah. <laughs> right? But it reminded me of those sketches. But that shit was so fucking funny. Yeah. I hella forgot about that because we used to go to karaoke spots all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're being a fucking annoying faggot. Oh, what's up? Because I'm fucking gay. I'm fucking gay. <laughs> hilarious dude, dude but if you if you guys even have gay friends like i have a couple of gay homies that i get to just ask questions here and there because yeah. if you don't know about somebody's like culture or whatever the fuck they're doing it's always great to ask but uh, one of the homies was telling me about like how obviously this is just from one person's perspective but he goes like gay people like categorize each other mm. that like there's like uh like big gay people they call them bears, bears and yeah. shit like i was like i had no idea about yeah. this world but even within this is how people aren't a monolith there's little things within a culture that you don't fucking know about that they have to deal with. Mm. Like there's certain gay people who don't like hyper flamboyant gay people because they think that they're doing too much. Overcompensating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they think, and there's like the flamboyant people who look at other gay men saying like, Oh, you're not being your true self. Cause you're, you're still, still in the closet. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're trying what? to conform to what everybody else wants from you. It's just so fucking nuanced. It mm. blows my mind. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, like if, if there was a way that we could all figure that shit out, it's through comedy. Yeah. You just talk about it, man. Like, and that's the only way we'll learn. It's because we're laughing about it. We're not yeah. trying to be bigots around here. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, that F word, I'm not saying. I'm just telling you a story. Yeah. Of somebody sorry, else this said. is what they said. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious, dude. But we were no. talking earlier about, oh, since we're on, we're going we're gonna to review a, a, a really fun series that we've been trying to review for a long time. Not a series, a movie. But you watched Eternals. Yes, I saw Eternals. I did not want to watch Eternals just from the trailer alone. Yeah, I got that sense too. When I saw the trailers, I was like, man, this is a little corny, a little sitcom-y. And that's exactly what it was. <laughs> like, damn. Like, were the jokes a miss? A lot of the jokes were a miss. It was very sitcom-y. Um, even the, uh, he's, he's an ATL, the big dude. He plays like a gangster in ATL. Um, oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, I forget. I'm not but the actor is gay too, yeah. right? But so in this movie, he's gay. And just looking at his character in ATL and looking at him in Eternals, it was like, I, I understand like the whole movie is diverse as fuck, which mm -hmm. is great, you know? Um, but that kind of seemed like that was the only thing they banked on was mm. the fact that this cast was so diverse. Yeah. And they left out the story. You know, this, mm. the, the funny thing about Eternals is that, I mean, you heard it in the trailers. I'm not kind of trying to spoil anything, but it's a span of like, they've been on this earth for 7,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> Watching and waiting. Yeah. But they're trying to tell this story of 7,000 years in two hours. It is so compact and the pacing is so off that um, I just kind of sat there and took it in for what it was. And yeah, it just wasn't. I I don't like Marvel Phase Four, um, like the the movies, the Phase Four TV shows. Like Loki's legit, uh, WandaVision's legit, uh, 
uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So legit. fucking good. Yeah. I, I mean, what if, have you seen what if the animated? I've been saving that. Okay. I, I can't wait to watch it. It's so fucking, it's, it's dope. This is this is the trope that we've been talking about that a lot of films have been going through. Mm. You're trying to tell too much in a short period of time, yeah, right. And we've talked about this too with the with the Zack Snyder cut, um, the the one before that, yeah. It's just you're, you're, how can you explain all this stuff within a matter of an hour and a half? Right, you can't. It's going to feel disjointed. The a Justice pace, League, right? Yeah, yeah. it's going to feel disjointed. It's going to feel super um, out of place. The pacing is going to be off. And it's just not possible, yeah. right? And that's why, to 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 your credit, what you said, there are certain things that are better adapted for longer series. Mm-hmm. It, like, imagine if Eternals wasn't seven thousand years in an hour and a half or two hours, but it was done throughout a fucking uh, uh, twelve a, episodes. Yeah, a season of a TV show that would have been way better because there was just so much going on that uh, it skipped. It felt like it skipped over way too many important parts. Now, um, granted, like we're both big fans of Madang Madang Sok, yeah. uh, Don Lee, Buff Ed Park. Yeah, <laughs> he's my <Yeah>. dad. <laughs> yeah, but um, and it true true. I I love that they kept his persona that he, that the way he is because even he even has a shaky slap. <laughs> like in That's the movie, tight, it's dude. pretty funny. I love it. Um, but the, you know, like, damn it it it's not about his screen time, but it was just, um. It was underutilized because you don't really get to know his character that well. Um, and and yeah, it had and the, nothing to do with screen time. It was just like, this should have been a little longer. And the Eternals too. How many fucking main characters do they have? Holy shit. So that's the thing about the Eternals, right? It's like they're all Goku or Superman, but then split into like, what, eight different characters, right? You can't do that in a film. Yeah, it, it was not working. Like that's like trying to split up. Okay, in this movie, let's all try and have Iron like the the, the Avengers, right? But let's we're trying to first. But we don't know who movie. any of them are. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. 
when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp, my friends. Ah, the awesome BetterHelp that focuses on your mental health, my friends. As I've always said or asked, is there something interfering with your happiness or it's preventing you from achieving your goals, my friends? You know we've all been there. I am you. You are me. But guess what? You are not alone, my friends. BetterHelp, my friends, is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. Listen, if you have not tried therapy and you're afraid to do it in person, try online therapy, man. It's super affordable. Specifically, BetterHelp is super affordable. And on top of that, they offer financial aid for you guys who might be struggling a little bit. And so don't feel like you are out there by yourself. My friends, do not skip Focusing on your mental health is something that I've worked on for the past few years and BetterHelp has been by my side and I freaking love it. So check it out, my friend. Special offer for Genius Brain listeners. You get 10% off your first <coughs> oh shit, first month at BetterHelp.com slash Genius. Check out that cough. But once again, special offer for Genius Brain listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Genius. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. Dot com slash genius. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. That I mean, that's why the first Avengers worked, because you had four movies before the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then subsequently they kept following that model. And that was the problem with uh the first Justice League was that we never saw Aquaman. Uh it was before Wonder Woman had her movie. Or was it? No, it was after Wonder Woman, but yeah. still uh uh, Flash didn't have his movie mm-hmm. yet either. So we didn't get to know these characters as, as the movie played out. And so you didn't really give a shit about them because there wasn't enough screen time for them to express themselves as characters. Eternals has that problem for sure. I mean, like um, when, when you know, a death happens or whatever, I didn't feel it. <laughs> you, you can't. Know? You can't. Yeah, it, it, it definitely would have worked out better as a season long TV show because God damn, there was a lot to tell within a short amount of time. And then like huge fucking stakes on the entire earth. Like, uh, but then see, it was the opposite of Shang-Chi where our problem was this has little to no stakes to what's going on on the world. Right. Mm-hmm. But Eternals was like the biggest fucking stakes in the world. But then it was like a, an entire epic saga put into two hours. Yeah, it's just yeah. not possible. It, yeah. So like there's something there. It's just like, man, I'm a fucking MCU fan, but like this is a weak one. And certain things too, I think they have to realize like it, here's my great example of some of a of a Marvel something that was a part of the MC MCU that I didn't know about that I really fucking enjoyed was um Chris Pratt. What's his name? What was it? Star Lord. Yeah. 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 Like that whole series what is that what's that movie guardians Guardians. fuck my brain is dead i just did jk news all day yeah guardians i knew zero about guardians of the galaxy right 
I didn't read a comic book. I didn't even read up anything. Mm. I just went in to see what happened and I thought it was going to be terrible. And it was one of my favorite origin stories. Dude, it's, it's so fucking good. Even the second one holds up. And yeah. I, I don't understand when people say the second one's not better. It's just as good. Yeah. Like, especially because, okay, so the Eternals are, uh, this, this, this is just a synopsis. They're like, uh, they live, they're, they're immortal pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right. And they've been on earth to, I guess, cultivate and, and help, uh, the population grow on the earth or whatever, but they don't want to get away in the conflicts or they don't want to help too much in advancing their technology either. They're just kind of guarding over and watching over that. But the story keeps jumping by thousands of years. So it's like 5,000 BC, present time, like 1,500 BC, present time, 480, present time, 1,580, present time. And it's just like, holy fucking shit. Get your shit together, editor. Like, it was way too all over the place. And the way the story kind of unfolded itself was just like, you didn't, I didn't feel like I gave a shit about what was going on or the stakes of what was happening. And nobody, nobody's had really has been really been talking about it either, which is a really bad sign. It's a bad sign because because of the fandom of it. Like you're going to get that overflow of people overhyping it, you know. I.e., the other movie we keep talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this one where it's just like people are like aren't on that Eternals hype train. They're just like, eh, yeah, a great CGI, great fucking CGI. But then you start to see the formula now. You don't yeah. see the movie anymore. You see the big CGI action sequence at the end. You know it's coming. I heard a, a critique from other people that it seemed very, uh, I don't know if it's a critique per se or maybe it might be a taste thing, but they're like, it felt like the diversity was kind of shoved in their face a little hard in the film. Yeah. I mean, it 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 kind of felt like this is what it is. Yeah. And I think, you know, like when, when people were first introduced to Modern Family, that TV show. Yeah. You, you, you get it and you're like, this is what it is. And it comes off that way and you accept it, right? But um, I really don't feel like it was shoved down our throats like the gay couple in the movie mm. thing. Like, that's just a problem for homophobes, honestly. Yeah. I really didn't feel like it was shoved down my throat. I just felt like it wasn't fucking expanded. Yeah. You know, for enough for me to care. I think that's why people felt like it was shut Dude, down. Dude, people who are like mad homophobic, every time they see any kind of gay stuff on TV, they go, thanks for shoving it down my throat like a cock. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, bro, you uh, wish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, why man. Why are you making that analogy? Yeah. yeah. Like a delicious cock in my fucking yeah. throat. Fuck this it's like, relax, gay shit man. sliding down my throat. Yeah. Oh my God, making yeah. me so wet. Hold on, I gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> for a second. I'll be back in five minutes. Yeah, but, but it, I, it, it, it's... It's not all, it's not all terrible. It, it, like, it's not a bad movie. It's just now, mm. like, where's the wonder? Where's the cinematic experience? Because it's just like, um, you you can clearly see the formulaic aspect of how these MCU movies are going to be now. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, the earth isn't going to be destroyed. I'm not spoiling it. You fucking know. Yeah. You, you know. know that the earth's not going to end. Yeah. Right. This is a weird thing too. Like when I look at the, the diversity, I, I really do enjoy it. But I do understand when people say certain things are being shoved down their throat because it's just so hyper apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, like a couple of years ago, a lot of the TV programming, it was it was done so poorly. Yeah. Where they, it would literally be like, like during BLM when it was happening, there would mm-hmm. be a, a series on TV that's like, 
a guy screaming in the rain, is it because I'm a black man? <laughs> but when has anybody ever done that? <laughs> and it would just be so like, like all the black homies like, damn, that shit was cringy. It's like, yeah, because you're like, it's like you've never done that. Yeah, you, yeah, you have your black friends run out there, have an existential crisis to the sky. <laughs> like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was much. You know, one show that did a really good job of like diversity that I really fucking enjoyed was a show called uh, Clickbait on Netflix. I've heard of it. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a, an eight part series that reminds me of Black Mirror. Okay. Right. It's, it, has, it has to deal with like catfishing and social media and all this other stuff. But the diversity in that show was really dope. Because it was just people. Right. It didn't feel like there was a token black person, a token white person, a token anything. They were just that modern family, right? Mm. Modern characters. Mm. They even had, you know, remember Abraham Lim? Yes. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like in like two or three episodes of that. Okay. He's yeah. one of the main people on it. All right. And he plays, Abraham Lim is gay. And he plays a gay reporter. But he's just there with his boyfriend. They kiss. He's just abraham Lim, and he's in a yeah. relationship you know yeah that reminds me okay so you watch the new star trek series the movies uh they're called like the kelvin universe Mm-mm. the one that jj abrams did uh yeah i don't they weren't very memorable for me yeah. i don't remember too much of them so in the third movie um so there was star trek star trek into darkness and star trek i forgot what the fucking third one was but anyway they go to this star base right giant city in space and that's where everyone R&Rs, right? So John Cho plays Sulu, mm-hmm. right? And when they get off the ship, he um, he meets with his family, and it's a man and a little boy. So Sulu is gay, right? And they kiss, and they're like, we'll see you later, right? Guess who didn't like that? George Takei. <laughs> the oh, original really? Sulu. He was like. He was not gay. He's I'm like, gay. yeah, I'm gay. Sulu's not gay. It's like, how fucking dare yeah, you? Even he felt like that was the quote-unquote shoving down his throat like yeah. dude what are you what are you doing to yeah. the character yeah it's like that doesn't make me feel fucking better <laughs> like i'm an actor i just played a straight man he didn't have to yeah. be gay that's so funny that's hilarious like even he had a problem with khan in the second one because mm. the uh star trek 2 the original movie the wrath of khan yeah um he is an indian englishman right mm-hmm. so uh indian british that's what Khan is, K-H-A-N, right? Mm. So it's hilarious when Benedict Cumberbatch, the most pasty white guy, turns to the camera and he goes, my name is Khan. But he's like, bro, you're white. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, George Takei had a problem with that too, which was hilarious. He's like, yo, he's this white guy. He's change t- the name. Yeah, he's telling this to Conor Bryant and Conor Bryant gets super uncomfortable. He's like, ah, he tries to change the subject. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, like, my name is Singh. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Pater. Yeah, pretty much. It's like that. It's like, like yo, what? Does, does anyone else not find this weird? Yeah, this is not really odd, you yeah. guys. That'd be hilarious if that was the last name. It was Patel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who are you? Pater. Pater. That's fucking funny. Yeah. But that's like an example of, you know, they're kind of, it's very patronizing. Mm. Like, why would you do that? So Eternals, I can understand in that way. Because it's a it's a world movie. It's not an American movie. When you're watching it, it does feel like, oh, they're trying to get that audience in, in India. Because there's a billion people there, too. Yeah. Right? They want to get that Bollywood audience, too. It's just as good as that billion people mm-hmm. Chinese audience, right? And, um, oh, you know who's really good in it was uh, 
is it Gemma or Gemma Chan? Oh, Gemma Chan. Yeah, yeah. she was really good. I didn't she's, even know she was English. She's pretty as hell. Hell yeah, she's so pretty. She she was really good in that for yeah. sure. Um, but the hilarious thing is that um, uh, Ma Dong Seok, his name is Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. And, yeah, and uh, the conqueror. Yes, yeah, and Angelina Jolie. They're supposed to be a couple. They don't seem like a couple. Really? <laughs> Even when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, you guys don't seem like you're together. <laughs> oh my god! The chemistry was a little off. You know, That's so weird. Why did they do that? I, I'm I'm happy for him that he got a role like that. But yeah. it's like it didn't it didn't seem real to be honest. It's so interesting too. Like one thing I do appreciate about these movies, though, it's I think for so long a lot of these roles were predicated in finding the prettiest version of a human being to play these like heroic roles or to play mm. the uh, the protagonist. Yeah. Now we don't have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like it just to go back to clickbait clickbait had the most regular looking people and it was nice because okay. that's real yeah. everybody looks fucking different they have different facial features the one of the main characters um i'm not knocking on the way she looks but she's not like typically hollywood pretty yeah right yeah she's probably a girl that you could see in the middle of the street just walking around mm. and that was very fucking nice to see yeah because that's how people fucking look man i, th- I think that's why i appreciated squid game too because yeah I'm, I'm sure the girls on the show have had some work done yeah but uh, they otherwise looked a lot more normal than that k-pop face yeah. look that's what <laughs> I mean, that's why i appreciate it <coughs> that's why everybody when they fucking go to korea and they go why does everybody look so weird <laughs> Because they're regular human beings. They yeah. look like regular people. Go to Gangnam if, if you're trying mm-hmm. to look for what you're looking for. Yeah, you're looking for a very specific face that doesn't really exist in the majority of the population. They fucking yeah. look like me and you. Yeah. He's fucking gooky as hell. <laughs> Talking about. Speaking of gooky. <laughs> um, we did this review a while ago and then I lost it. So we're going to do it again. It's uh, one of my, just to go on this trope of... Um, we've been talking about a lot of like Korean films that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people haven't watched this now, especially because of squid game. And they started listing off all these old, like Korean films right. that people have watched. Right. Um, one of my, literally one of my favorite films of all time, just in terms of like acting level performance and everything is, uh, Poata, which is, I saw the devil. Yeah. Two of my favorite actors are the Chemin Shik and Lee Byung Hun. Yes. If you don't know, if you guys did watch Squid Game, he's the guy that was revealed in the mask. Front man. Front man. So when we saw him, I think a lot of Korean people, when they saw him, freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Huge surprise. Not even a cameo. Like, he was behind that mask the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when we, this film was like one of those things that made me a huge fan of Lee Byung-hun. Mm. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? So amazing. And when we talk about like Korean culture in terms of the idea of revenge, this is that film. Oh my God. So like, like we, we, uh, in the early 2000, we saw, um, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Mm -hmm. Then there was old boy. Then there was lady vengeance. And then you're like, damn, Koreans fucking get revenge. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause of the Han. Mm -hmm. And then this movie comes out and you're like, what the fuck? Fuck. Yes, like this is extreme. This is such an extreme movie. Mario almost broke up with me because mm-hmm. I we were in Hawaii and I had her watch this film, and she was so mad. She started crying because yeah. of how gruesome this film is, <laughs> and she almost broke up with me in Hawaii. Damn, she hated me. And then I said, "Dude, don't get mad at me." Fucking Ray introduced me. Yeah, <laughs> and I sold my buddy Ray down the yeah. river, baby. Dude, remember we 
we saw this with uh, the Nina and Tina. I oh. mean, Nina and Christina, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The twins. They, they were fucking crying too. That throwing the the first like ten minutes of the movie, they were yes. just crying, right? Because this movie is that extreme. I've been drinking a lot right now just so it, I can get a little more relaxed about talking about this movie because it's tough to swallow. Yeah, they're so. <clears throat> I mean, just to start it off, you guys are wondering what it's about. It's literally about, and when it starts off, it's about a, uh, there's a murder that happens, mm. right? So somebody has washed up in a river. You see this, this, this woman who was killed or murdered, and it was, you find out later on who that person is, but it's about a serial killer. Yeah. Who specifically rapes and kills women. Chen min plays Kang Chung, no, Chang Kyung Char. Kang, Kang, yeah. Kyung Char. Yeah. Right. And then Lee Byung-hyun plays Kim Soo-hyun, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, like it starts off where like um, she's stranded on the side of the road. She has a flat tire. And so she calls her fiance, who is Lee Byung-hyun. He's like an agent for the Korean CIA, which is like the NIS or something, right? And he's not there. It's her birthday today. And she's going to the orphanage because she's such a pure-hearted Nice young Korean girl spending her birthday at the orphanage. He was supposed to be with her, but he's got his duty to do um, with the agency, and so he was he had to work. And but him not being there, she gets beaten with a fucking hammer <laughs> on the side of the road by Chemin Shik. If you don't know who he is, uh, old boy, right? He, um, he it's this, the violence in this movie is so fucking visceral. He beats. Her head in with a hammer, and you watch it happen. It's on screen. It's gruesome. It's gruesome. Then he kidnaps her and takes her to his lair. Then he chops her up into pieces. This this is in the movie. This is the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, right? And that's when Mario left me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you can't get over the first 15 minutes of this movie, you will not. Like sit through the rest of it. It gets worse. Yeah, yeah, and um, so the forensics team are the police are out there looking for her body because she goes missing in the river, and they find her head. Oh, yeah, it was her head. That's yeah, they find her head, and when the evidence <clears throat> team they put it in a box and they take it out the river, the fucking guy head. trips, yeah. <laughs> and the head starts rolling. Then you see the press and everyone freaking out and they're taking pictures of this head and and Lee Byung-hyun is watching this all go down and he's in total shock, right? So they they do the funeral and all that stuff and um, he meets with her father who is also his boss. He, he's the chief of the, the agency, right? And that's when he pretty much decides he's going to go look for the killer. Mm-hmm. Right, and so he has three or three or four sub suspects, right? That he's gonna go after. He goes and does his own vigilante rogue style, looking for the killer. So first guy he finds, oh god, he's jacking off to some Japanese porn, <laughs> which is already fucking hilarious. Yeah, the hilarious <laughs> thing too is that it's actual Japanese porn, but because Japanese porn's already censored, they're fucking showing it yep. on the screen. This guy's jacking off, and then. He's right up. He's about to come, and then the screen turns off, right? Oh, uh, what the fuck? <clears throat> and then who was it? Lee Byung-hun pulled the plug, and he starts whipping him with the cord, the 
power cord and then chokes him out. Then he has him tied up to a chair and he's asking him questions about the murder. And this guy has no idea. No fucking clue. So Evie Hung's like, all right, gets up, goes away, walks out. Then he comes back with a fucking wrench. Look, I want to say visceral. They <laughs> fucking cut to a close-up to this guy's fucking dick. Yeah, but not dick dick, really, literally. I mean, he's his in crotch. his underwear, his crotch. <laughs> he starts beating his dick. So I remember wrench. this part because when he hits it with his wrench, his dick just snaps and gets crooked. Yeah, <laughs> twice. He goes, bink, bink. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing that. I went, oh, and I grabbed my own. Yeah. Because it was so real. Dude, I... You know, if you, if you watch a lot of um, movies these days, what I learned, um, like when, when you see Jackass, right? <laughs> like it's so real that it's so crazy and it's hilarious, yeah. right? And then I'll see a movie um, and then someone gets kicked by a horse and they go flying, but it's CGI. I don't have the same reaction, you mm, know? Like, yeah. And like, uh, I think I saw a clip from this new rock movie, uh, Red Notice. He gets he gets um, headbutted by a bull and he goes flying, but it looks so fake and CGI. It's n- neither funny or action packed. Because right. we also can't put ourselves in that sh- in those shoes and imagine what it's like. Yeah, but I can imagine when somebody has a wrench to my dick though. <laughs> but this movie, it's fucking I, props to the set designer or the special effects supervisor. That shit looked. Really I want to know who real. was like. So like, uh, it looks like a kochu <laughs> yeah. that if you hit it, it could bend it this way and that way. Can we get like a cucumber? Please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it beat that shit. It's so bad. And then he's like, he ends up in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and the, 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 the chief of police starts questioning him. Like, who did this to your dick? <laughs> yeah. The other cops are trying to explain to the chief what happened, but they can't stop laughing. Yeah. That's the thing about this movie. One literally a couple seconds ago, it was so like horrifying, and now you're laughing. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, what I, this is what I'm talking about, where jokes don't have to be on the button. Mm. You don't need symbols. You don't need those butt umpumps. Yeah. The situation of two cops who are supposed to take their job very seriously, trying to ask this guy what happened to his dick, yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. And, and he's the last thing he goes, "Who did this to your dick?" <laughs> so, um. Lee Byung-hun's character, uh, what's his name? Soo-hyun? Yeah, Soo-hyun. He, yeah. he goes to another guy. He's on a bike. He hits him with his car, beats the shit out of him. Uh, it's not him. And then um, he has two more suspects. And the third one is Chae Min-sik, uh, Kyung, Kyung-char, right? Yeah. Kang-char. I think Kang-char or something like that, right? Uh, Chang Kyung, Kyung-char. Oh, Kyung-char. Okay. Yeah, right. So... Uh, I think he at, he asks his family. He he goes and meets with his uh, parents and his son. Like, what happened to your you know son? What's he up to or whatever? And it gets down to where he's still on the fucking prowl. He's out there still murdering and raping people. There's another scene, yet another girl at a bus stop who's stranded waiting for a bus or a taxi, and he offers to pick her up, and she accepts the ride. And they show us, they sh- he takes a pipe and beats her over the head with it. Yep, knocks her the fuck out. And she ends up in a hole yeah. where he's going to rape her. And he literally says the most creepiest thing ever. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Damn. 
That's like, like what people so say creepy. when they like, look at a menu. <laughs> yes. Or they're trying to fix an engine in a car. Yeah. Like, oh, let's see what's, let's see what's going on here. Yeah. But he's saying that as he takes off this girl's panties. And it's, I think that was actually the moment where Mariel was done with the film. She's yeah. like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I'm not saying I enjoyed the perversion. It's not what I'm saying. The reason why this film gets so good, because remember, my friends, it's about revenge. Yeah. So in order for you to feel this, this visceral feeling of feeling like you're going to get just desserts, it has to be set up right. Mm. And I'll tell you this, they're setting it up right because yeah. this guy is a piece of shit. And luckily, our hero is a fucking badass. Yep. Yeah. So uh, they're in a greenhouse. This this guy uh, kidnaps a like a, a little middle schooler, high schooler. That's why it was so, oh, oh. This, it's hard to watch. It's fucking hard to watch. One of the things that I can, I have the biggest trouble watching is when they reenact rape in film. Yeah. Cause it's just too real. And I just, I, I always wince. I have to look away. Yeah. You're hearing somebody just getting taken advantage of fucking makes me like my stomach turn. I just can't, it's hard. Yeah. And they capture that. They yeah. capture that in this movie. Yeah. And right when he's about to do his deed, you hear a whisper like Kang Kang Char, right? And then it's like, what the fuck was that? Blah, blah, and yeah, and then, and it, as as a filmmaker, as you're watching it, you're like, wait, he already caught him. There's, it's like yeah. 45 minutes in, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then, uh, great fight scene. They, um, they go at it, and um, Lee Byung Hun's character beats beats the shit out of him, knocks him out cold. Then <laughs> takes his arm and stomps it over a rock, breaks Snaps his, his arm. wrist, right? <laughs> but he, he he like puts a bag over his head, right, to suffocate him. But then he lets him go, mm-hmm. and then he live, leaves him thousands of dollars, right? And then the guy wakes up like, "What the fuck?" He just let him go, and so the story keeps continuing, right? And it's not even halfway through yeah. the movie. I'm not sure if this was the point in the film, but I think the part that cracked me up is that this guy's a serial killer and he wakes up and he goes, Pichin Psycho Seki. Yeah. <laughs> who is this crazy <laughs> motherfucker? Like, you're the crazy yeah. motherfucker. Is this a serial killer saying, like, who is this crazy person? Yeah. So let's see what happens next. The, um, he wakes up to find the envelope of cash. Then, um, he has to go, he finds a taxi, right? He's hitchhiking and a taxi comes, picks him up, right? And then there's already a passenger in the back seat though, right? So he's sitting in the front and he's looking around and he notices that the driver ID doesn't match the face of the guy who's driving the car. Yeah. And he's looking around and he's like, hold. And he's smart enough to know like, damn, what are the chances, right? Like I'm in a car with some fucking misfits, right? And then, like, there was there was a hallway scene in Old Boy that was like, wow, that's fucking crazy dope. Like, we'd never seen something like that. Yo, wait till you see this knife fight in a car. They do the 360 camera. All hell breaks Amazing. loose. Yeah. And fucking crazy-ass visceral shit. And uh, he kills the, the people who picked him up. Who are serial killers. Who were serial killers. Because <clears throat> when he checks the trunk... The taxi driver's in the trunk. Yeah. But then if you actually notice, the guy in the back seat was the fourth suspect 
that E.B. Oh, Hunt was looking that's for. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And like this movie's full of like weird coincidences this way. It's like trying to tell us like this world is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of the coolest fucking knife scenes I've ever seen in my life. And I just remember mm. I was like, how did they shoot this? Yeah. How the fuck did they shoot this? It, it looks amazing. It, it's a one take shot. It, it it seems like they saw Old Boy and they're like, let's do better than this. Yeah. And they did a pretty damn good they, job. They kind of rigged up this this like circular thing where it spins around inside yeah. the cab. And, and it's a singular shot where it's a fight scene where he's stabbing these dudes in the <laughs> neck or whatever. But it's rotating and circling around inside the car. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? How is this possible? Yeah. How did you do this? <laughs> you know, such a cool fucking scene. But these serial killers have like these tell signs of him. They could tell that they're trying to kill this guy and yeah. he could smell it from a mile away. Yeah. So he's watching their behaviors, looking at them from the rearview mirror. Yeah. This guy kind of smiling and grimacing like, oh, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. He yeah. goes, You're not going to kill me. So he washes up. Um, he steals like uh, a soccer kit or some shit, like, like a Christian mm-hmm. soccer team. Um, he steals a jersey. And then um, he hitches a ride to go to a, a hospital to get uh, uh, checked up for his broken wrist and all that shit. But in the meantime, Lee Byung-hun, his character, he uh, he put a tracker down his throat, right? When oh, that's he right. first caught him in the in the greenhouse. He shoved the a tracker for him to swallow so he could follow him and listen in. And so this guy goes to a clinic. He threatens the doctor who just fixed him up. Oh, he's like, this is fucking creepy by the yeah. way like there's a, a nurse there yeah and he's already like looking her up and down like he's gonna do some shit fucking sends chills down my spine yeah. and she's super uncomfortable but she doesn't know what's about to happen right yeah i mean like i think about it like if they made a ted bundy movie they'd have to top this because ted bundy's real life yeah they fucking captured the creepy horror of what this character's true villainy is supposed to be like like how like how you're supposed to fear this guy how you're like i'm more creeped out by this character than i am with like jason or michael myers yeah right like this guy like these types exist and they're trying to as the movie goes on you start going into the psyche of these characters right yeah because uh another visceral scene he he starts to sexually assault the nurse yeah and it's really it's so fucked up it's 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 tragic it's sad like can't believe this is happening but Yi byung hun i think he was out getting coffee and he puts his earpiece in and hears oh he hears what's going down goes in saves the day again fucks him up when he has him down on the ground oh he tells the nurse look away he takes a scalpel sticks it in this guy's heel his achilles tendon yeah and he fucking cuts it off. And you see the tendon pop out. Yeah. And <laughs> I screamed. I fucking yeah, screamed. It's so hard to watch. Holy fucking shit, dude. Like, I have, I, like, that's the thing. Is this a horror movie? It, it could be, right? But it's like an action thriller. Yeah. But it's just so <clears throat> visceral. Like I can say that word over and over again to describe this. Is, this, this is like the onslaught of where you get to see the the main protagonist. 
my lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too, but here's a breath of fresh air. Fume, it's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. This podcast is brought to you by Purple, my friends. You guys know they have been a longtime sponsor of this podcast because your boy can't stop talking about how amazing Purple is for my back, my sleep, my humps, and my lumps, baby. Uh, ever since I've slept on my Purple mattress, your boy has had the best sleeps of his life. Literally, I wake up happy every day. So damn happy, like ridiculously happy. You wouldn't even believe it. Check it out. If you don't know what a purple mattress is, let me go and explain it to you real quick. They have the Gel Flex Grid, which is amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips, just like the love of your life should. Check it out, my friends. If you want to get a purple mattress, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash brain10. Use code brain10 for a limited time. You can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash brain10. Code brain10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash brain10. Promo code brain10. Terms apply. He's trying to make this guy feel every bit of pain that he feels. Mm-hmm. This but, is what you did to me. Yeah. This is what you do to other people. But you're not really – at this point in this film, he's actually very stoic. Yeah. He has no emotions. Yeah. Whatsoever. He's just almost trying to navigate his own emotions right now. Like th- so, I need this hole to be filled. I don't know how, but you're yeah. me doing this to you is going to fucking fill it. He he has moments <clears throat> where, he, where he breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Because after he interviewed his family – he actually finds his home, right? Yeah. And he digs through his shit. He finds like uh, purses and like underwears and bras and these, in these lock lockers. And then he finds his lair where he cuts them up. And then he finds the wedding ring. Oh, that's right. The engagement ring, right? And then um, that's well, that's one of the times he breaks, but he's trying to like hold it in the entire time. And so that the, the fight scene into... Um, at, at the clinic, uh, Kyungchar fucking throw like tries to stab him with a knife, and he grabs the That's knife. Right. right, he's holding it, but then he notices that he's that he has this engagement ring on his finger. Right, so that catches up to him because he fucking lets him go again. Right after he cuts. <laughs> After he cuts his Achilles tendon, 
he tells a nurse to patch him up. <laughs> He's like, Kajiba, like, yeah. don't go yet. Yeah. Can you patch him up real quick? Yeah. So, uh, Chang Kyung-chul, like, he, he wakes up <laughs> in that, in that taxi <laughs> cab. Right, and he's in the middle of a parking lot. He's like, yeah, this fucking psycho. Right, he's like literally catch and release, catch, catch and release, release, catch and release. He's fucking this dude up. And just to note this, that introduction when he's when you're kind of introduced to his parents. I think for me, I was expecting something crazier. Like, who is? What does his parents do? Like, mm. but you could tell the dad wants nothing to do with his son. Yeah, because the mom invites him over, and you know she starts talking about it a little bit. He goes, "Why are you talking about him?" Like he's dead to me, mm. but you know, just like as typical, it, like in most Korean families, when the dad is done with the child, the mom is always begging the father to kind of like still have a connection. Like I, he's still our son type of thing. And you know, like your heart kind of bleeds for them. Like yeah. I even had that in my life when my, my brother was going through some shit and he was fucking up. Like I was fed up with him. Right. And then my mom never gave up. Yeah. She's like, no, he's going through things. He, he's going to be better. You know, and that's kind of the, the feeling that I had at that moment. It's like, I wonder what happened is, or what he did when ha- what happened in his life. And then you start seeing, oh, he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. The underwear, yeah. the purses. He's been, it's it's a lot longer than most people think. Yeah. yeah. So um, he goes to find refuge um, with his other psycho friends, right? Oh. And they have taken over this really nice mansion in the woods, right? Which is weird. Like whoever built this house made it very American style. Mm-hmm. Like um, they're into hunting and all that shit. Fucking beautiful set design. Yeah. Right? Amazing. Um, but it turns out these people are cannibals. They're fucking nuts. And you yeah. kind of get this weird, cre- oh, the, I, this scene always creeped me out too. But it's also the best dialogue yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> if there's like a bucket of fucking meat yeah. and you find out later on, it's actually human human yeah. meat, but just the leftover parts he doesn't like and he's feeding it to these Rottweilers. Mm. Disgusting, dude. So they're having dinner together and it's one of the best dialogue scenes ever because um, it's this couple and the dude looks like the chainsaw uh, massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre killer, right? Yeah. He looks like that typical horror movie killer type. But um, he, he, for some reason, I, I don't, well, obviously for a good reason, but then they start um, expounding on their character in this moment between the dialogue that they have, right? Where, because this guy's eating human meat, right? Raw, too, by Raw the way. Too. And so, Kyung Chur calls him a fucking psycho. Yeah. Like that, that human meat's turned you crazy. Yeah. And he's like, what'd you say? Back at him. And then he's like, bro, don't forget who you're talking to. I'm Chang Kyung Chur. Yeah. And then the dude starts crying. Yeah. Like fear in yeah. his heart. He goes, oh my, I, I don't know what has got. He goes, oh, like, yeah. oh, tears are coming yeah, out. Yeah, this what? meat is making me crazy. Yeah. And he just like backs down. Right, which is tail between that his was legs. the moment of oh who the fuck are we dealing with here? Yeah, this guy who is a cannibal and a serial killer, by the way, looks at Kyung Chul and he f- snaps back when he goes, like, "Do you know who the fuck you're talking to?" And he goes, "Oh, sh- I fucked up." Yeah, you're right. Starts crying. Yeah, because he's huge too. By the way, he looks like he's like six four. Yeah, four hundred pounds, giant, disgusting. And and so one of the most important things he says is like, he captures you, then releases you. He captures you and releases you he's like this guy's like us he's a psycho too yeah right and um 
and and Kyung Chul's in on the couch, like thinking about it, looking back about who this guy is, what's been happening, and he goes, "재밌네." Yeah. He goes, "Oh, this is fun." He starts seeing the game that's being played, and these are, this guy's a monster, and he's like, "Oh, if this is a game, like I'm down to play. This looks fun," which is so fucked up. He literally cut his Achilles tendon, snapped his arm, set him free twice, beat the shit out of him. He's like, "This is fun. This is fun." <laughs> yeah. And so, the uh, the big dude uh, has to prepare some more meat <laughs> for the rest of the week. Ugh. And he goes in, and there's a girl that he has hold up. It's probably uh, she probably lives in the house. I think he's already killed her family members and ate them. And she's next. And there's a really. I think he also which, described that he likes meat fresh, so yeah. he, he kills them when he needs them. Yeah, what's so amazing about this? This is a big dude who's supposed to be a serial killer. Like you, you'll never see any other serial killer antagonist have these moments of acting in other so movies. So good because she starts begging for his life or for her life, and he's like, "Why didn't you say that in the beginning? This yeah. would have been so much easier, yeah. you know." And then he's like, "Just chamo, you know, it'll yeah. be over soon." And then. The music cuts. He's like, what the fuck? You know, what's going on? Someone stopped the CD player. And he goes to fix it, turns around, and Lee Byung-hun standing there. And he's like, he's psycho, 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 yeah. like this crazy, like curses him out. Then they get into this fight scene, stabs his fucking hand with an ice pick. A boy breaks his wrist too. He likes yeah. breaking wrists, but oh. stabs his hand into the cutting board. And in that moment, uh, Kyungchar has a hunting rifle and tries to shoot at him. Boom! Like uh, Yi Byung-hun's out of there, right? Now it turns into this Home Alone haunted house scenario. <laughs> it's like, wow! Another it's, the filmmaking. In this is just amazing. Outside of all the crazy violence and all that shit, holy the the pacing. The the tension, the the fucking buildup, excellent, excellent. And so now it's a cat, cat and mouse chase inside the house between these three people, or four including the girlfriend. But Yi Byung-hun gets the better of them. He beats the shit out of the big dude with this, I don't know, what is it, a spear? or It looked like one of those um, underwater spear rods right. or something like that. With like a metal end. Yeah. They they keep sh- they show you show you like he beats the shit out of this dude over the head. One of the funniest things that I saw too, it's like it, it was, when we say Home Alone, I'm talking about Home Alone. Yeah. Like so, there's like a bunch, there's like a tackle box full of like like, like jacks and, and hooks, yeah. and he just throws it on the fort, and he steps and he goes, ah, 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 <laughs> then he jumps over and fucking once again he beats the shit out of him with this that rod. rod, like knocked him out and starts cracking him in the back of the head, and he's like, what? And then his emotions start coming out, and he, and then he has to stop himself from killing him, not because he wants to turn him in, because he's got to let him go and do it again. Mm-hmm. He wants him to suffer. It's like you want to know what it's like the way you stalk these women. I'm gonna stalk you. The way you harass and, and assault these women, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you up your ass too. Like I'm gonna fuck you up, right? And so. What, but what he does is he takes him to a uh, hospital. A hospital, right? But he's got to have his inside man with the agency to help him out. Who whatever. gave him the tracker in the first place. Yeah. And he, 
so that guy in the beginning was like, don't tell anyone that I gave you this. People will find out. And even in that moment, he's like, hey, like you got him t- three times now. You're done. You're done. Like, let's turn him in. He's right here. Let's, let's put some cuffs on him and let him go. And he's like, no, no, <laughs> right? You won't let him go. Even his fiance's sister, right? Called him, was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, don't you, we're still your family. Yeah. Even though they were to be his in-laws, they still care about him. They're like, we're worried about you. And she's like, I've, I'm paranoid too. I feel like I'm being stalked. We're not strangers to you. We're yeah. suffering just like you too. Come back home. Come home. Help us too. We're not strangers. And he's just like, no. He is all about this revenge. You know, in the same way, like where he should have been there for his fiance, right? And he's like, no, I'm going to do my work. Right now, he should be there for his family. family. He's like, no. I need to do this duty. This is like, I have to fulfill this. It was this promise he made to his fiance after her death. Like I'm going to get this man and this is what I'm doing. So when um, going back, his, the inside man who helped him with the tracker was like, yo, let's turn him in. Kyung Cho is actually awake and he's listening in. And now he knows the game. He's like, oh shit, I have a tracker on me. Right. And so he disappears. Right. He gets let go. And now Yi byung in deep shit. <laughs> like, oh shit. All those times you let him go, you could have caught him. You could have turned him in. It's like now he's out there, right? So <sighs> oh, the fucked up sad part is of all the people he was, like I said, he was supposed to protect and he wasn't protecting because he felt this sense of duty. Uh Kyung Chul goes to his fiance's father's house. He gets the tracker out of him too, by the way. Oh yeah, okay. You want to describe him? Disgusting, dude. <laughs> talk about visceral. You want to talk about visceral again? So <laughs> he knows that this tracker's inside him. He goes to a pharmacy. He kills, tries to kill the pharmacist. Yeah. I'm not sure if he actually died. I he's, think he slit his throat. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did, did kill him. He slit yeah. his throat, and which <laughs> <laughs> highly unnecessary. It's a serial killer, though. He takes a bunch of laxatives. Yeah. And he sh- sit there, and he's shitting his life out, diarrhea, and he gets the tracker out. And he, dude, they, they cut to the toilet bowl. He's digging in the toilet through this shit, and he finds a tracker. Dumping water on it to clean yeah. it up. Oh, it's so disgusting. He's washing his hands over the sink, and he goes, <laughs> like, like these little moments. You're just like, God damn, man is so depraved. Yeah, he gets the tracker out. And so now he's, he has the upper hand over him. Ibiokhan is like in a panic now. Yeah. And so he's now looking for him and he's gone. So he goes to that, that, the big cannibal because he's in the hospital. And he goes there to question him, like, where is he? Where is oh. He? And then that cannibal starts egging him. He starts laughing. laughing at him. And he's like, you don't know like what he's going to do. He's going to find him. He's not going to just hurt you he's gonna hurt everyone you know and you love did this moment here by the way one of my favorite moments not because of how gruesome it is and you'll explain it what the line that he said to him before he did what he did i felt that shit in my fucking soul dude so basically what happened is so he looks at him and he's laughing like a maniac right and there's always preface like oh maybe this meat made him crazy he's cracking the fuck up 
He's like, oh, you think this is funny? He's like, how about I give you a permanent fucking smile? Mm-hmm. Just like the Joker line. Yeah. He takes his hands, puts it inside his mouth, and starts ripping his mouth apart. Yeah. And you see it start you to see it rip through the side of his mouth like, oh, god damn. Dude. And the funny th- this is this is what I like about the film. It's not just shock value shit. You feel vindicated mm. when he does that. Mm. This crazy fucking serial is laughing at this guy say, saying, your whole family is going to die. And I, it's the stuff that we think in our head. Like, I can't wait till I get my hands on you. He actually he does, does it, it in the film. Yeah. And it doesn't feel, for me anyways, that it's not justified. Yeah. It feels justified. And that's what the setup is doing. And I think the director, the filmmaker, it, it's showing you revenge isn't pretty. Yeah. Like all that hate in your heart. I'll show you. I'll show you what it looks like. And you're like, would I do that to my enemies? Or do I need to be a fucking psycho? Yeah. Right. And which dives into so far exactly where we're getting at is that Lee Byung-hun's character starts devolving into a monster like them. That's why they say he's like us. He's one of us. He's one of us too. Like this is a game. So he kills the chief, beats him over the fucking eyeball with a fucking barbell. (laughs) And then right when that happens, uh, that sister-in-law comes home. And of all the things we talk about, about visceral things, they don't show what happens to her. Right. I mean, we see the aftermath. Which is an interesting choice because of all the fucked up shit we've seen so far. I think at this point in the film, this is right at the third act. It's already paid off. It's like we know. We we get it, right? She's gonna get fucked. Which kind of goes back to it's not just shock value stuff. It was set up for a purpose. The purpose is done. We don't need to see it anymore. Mm, exactly. And so after he does that, in order for Kyung Cho to win. He turns himself in to be like, you didn't get me. <laughs> You're not winning. I win no matter what. I don't give a fuck. I win. Like he's killed his entire family now. Like all the people he cares about. And so he's like, you, there's no way you won this. And this is such a sad point too because it's kind of going into like the writing and the directing of what does revenge do? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the purpose of this thing? Like, why, why did he do this? Was for him to what? Was it out of loyalty, out of revenge? Was it because he was trying to, he's trying to right a wrong? But the wrong essentially here isn't so much that his wife or his fiance got murdered. It's the fact that his job came before everything else. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. He did it again. Again, his duty. Yeah, right. his duty, his due diligence to his work and the fact that he has to complete this task over what is really important. Is his family safe? It didn't matter. He chose his job first over his wife and look what happened. He chose this job over his family and now look what happened. He's getting everything taken away from him when he's supposed to right a wrong. He's not righting the fucking wrong. He's actually doing the same fucking shit that got him there in the first place. Yeah. And he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it. So, uh, Kyung Char goes to the middle of the city. He's he's agreed to turn himself in. The police are waiting for him. But Yi byung Hyun's character comes in does this fucking crazy this is probably the least realistic part of yes. the movie this is the only part of the film i hated yeah it's like yeah that was a little weird <coughs> he does this fucking 360 maneuver in a 
SUV and and kidnaps his ass over an uh, in, into his car and drives off to an unknown location. But what what do we see? He has him tied up in his own lair. Yes, where he killed his fiance. Now, how do you how do you describe this country? Because he's got a guillotine, right, where he chops off uh, his victims' heads. But the way he's got uh, Kyung Char tied up, mm-hmm. his head is over, but um, the the thing, and he's questioning him, and like, what is he? What does he ask him? Like, what is he? What are they talking about? So this point is, by the way, out of every single movie I've seen, this is the finest piece of acting I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah. I always predicate this to when I say, when people say, oh, there's not enough good Asian actors out there. You haven't seen this film. You haven't seen shit. From every side character to everybody in that film, masterclass. And at this point too, this is so sad. This scene is so fucking sad because he's sitting there looking at him and he's like, basically telling him, is like, do you feel what I feel now? He's trying to, th- and then you see Chai Ming-shik or uh, Kyung Chai? Yeah. Kyung. Sitting there and he's begging for his life now. He goes, he's crying. It reminded me of the scene in um, in Old Boy. Oh, when he's begging not to tell him that, I mean, you know, the, the information, right? Yeah, yeah. that's his daughter. Yeah. It reminded me of that. And he's begging and crying and crying and crying. And you feel like he's having this moment that out of nowhere, he looks at me and goes, is that what you think you wanted from me? <laughs> he's he's fucking playing him. He's fucking with him. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like, as, as watching the actor, he goes from one spectrum of total fear and, like, humility and, like, his tail between his legs. His, he's begging for his life. And then the other side where he's just like, fuck you. Dude. <laughs> Within seconds. I, I remember watching that scene and that was one of those moments where I was like, I, I want to be an actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you do that? At that level. How do you do that? And how do you do it so convincingly? Because a lot of people can sit there and, you know, for us too, as regular folks, we can just, in terms of acting, we can just sit in there and say, oh, I know how to be angry. I know how to switch emotions. But to do it in that type of convincing way yeah. where you see this, this the psychosis come out of a man. Yeah. Like these moments in this film, it hits you so fucking hard. The payoff makes sense. This guy is crazy. And, and he does a convincing job of pain and being tortured. Yeah. He fucking puts out a cigarette in his eye, stabs him in his cheek with oh. that fucking ice pick. Get him to shut up. Like, yep. oh my Oh, God. I forgot about the ice pick in the yeah. mouth. <laughs> it, it, it keeps getting so, it keeps going down and down and down. It's a bottomless pit of depravity. You know what the crazy part? So you're thinking at this point, it's like, dude, he did win. There's yeah. nothing that he can take away from him. But we would be wrong. Yeah. So what's he do? He called up Kyung Char's family, his parents and his estranged son. To meet him at this house that he's in at this time. And he builds this contraption where the guillotine is tied to a rope to the door and that and it's being held up by this knot and he sticks it in his mouth. So he's like, if you let go of this knot, then or if that, that door opens, the guillotine will drop. Right? So he's now all his might. You know, trying to keep this door. How closed. crazy this film is, dude. Yeah. How fucking nuts is this? Who the fuck wrote this? 
<laughs> a crazy man, dude. A crazy person. A man dude. who hates, who hates deeply. And he's like, and all the thoughts he's ever had, he's probably written them down and threw them into this movie. And how great of a job did he do in creating the biggest piece of shit that has ever fucking existed? Yeah. Like, name another piece of shit in movie, like history, that is just, like, despicable as this guy. It, so this contraption, the, the knot is in his mouth attached to the door. If the door opens, it pulls the knot out of his mouth, causing the guillotine to fall off. As we mentioned before, he invited his family to come see him. He's like, oh, your son's here. And you just hear them trying to open the door. They're <laughs> opening the fucking door that's attached to the knot yeah. in his mouth. Go away. How nuts is that? Uh, Everything else. Ice pick in the fucking mouth. The, the, the catch and release game does nothing to him. And he yeah. finally has his human moment. Is where... He's going to see his son and his mom and his dad. And if they open that door, his head's going to be chopped off. And that's the first thing they're going to see when they haven't seen their son in years. Foreshadowing, though, back to the very first scene. Because everyone saw his fiance's head roll on the ground. And the idea of this revenge is, I'm going to make you feel what I felt. I'm going to make you see what I see. I'm going to do exactly what you did to me, to you. Right. And fucking genius, dude. The parents come and they oh. they fucking open the door. They pull the knot out of his mouth. The crazy thing is the satisfaction isn't from his death. Is watching this serial killer finally feel for the first time. Yeah. And beg. Haven't been able to see it throughout the whole film. This guy's a psychopath. He has no feelings, but he is human. Mm. And you find that out when he's begging for his mom to not open that door and she's yeah. like why don't you open open the door stop holding it and he's screaming and he's crying through the knot in his mouth yeah and his son the strange son sees his dad for the first time with his head chopped off with his head chopped off they open the door bam and the head rolls they're freaking the fuck out looking at his head and Eve young is walking out the door already and this is the the big, I guess, question, right? Did he get his revenge? Is he satisfied? Because he's walking down the road and does he, he's laughing, but he's crying. That shit broke me, dude. This is amazing as far as acting goes. He's showing ambiguity. <laughs> yeah. Two massive emotions in one face where is he happy that he got his revenge, or is he still so fucked? It's like, did he really win in the end? Right. The best part about that too, when I when I when the film ended, I was like, what a genius title. Yeah. I saw the devil wasn't about Chemin-Chig. It was about, about him. Him. About he, who he saw. He became the devil. Oh. Yeah. How fucking good is that film? I remember yeah. when that ended. I was like, holy shit. Even the title is genius. Yeah. And it didn't click in me because the, the, the posters, Lee Byung-hun and half of his face is the devil. I'm yeah. like, oh, the film is about him seeing the devil in himself. Yeah. What he had to become in order to get his revenge. I feel he knew what he had to do and what he had to become and he didn't give a shit. But because of that, it's the rest of his family fucking died. Mm -hmm. And we always talk about films too where the morality has to make sense. The morality here makes sense. Was he satisfied? <laughs> he lost everything. What does revenge and hate get you? Nothing. Nothing. He thought it would give him everything. 
right? But he lost everything that was important to him because he was caught up in his revenge. It does nothing. Yeah. Like hate only breeds more hate. And this is what I fucking love. Yeah. Like it's the film wraps everything up. These things that make the film like sh- that has these moments where people remember from it because it's so shocking. Isn't there isn't placed there just so you could walk away and have a memento so you could talk about later. Yeah. It all makes sense it's not shock value for shock value purpose and like we said when we mentioned back they didn't have to show the sister getting killed they mm. did that all they already set it up yeah. it's done and they didn't do it again it doesn't have it's, it's not fucking what's it called final destination yeah it, it's not saw mm-hmm. where it's like oh well here's the next murder scene let's see how creative we can kill somebody right it's not about that right and damn like as i see this movie like we're supposed to see Two sides of the same coin in Chemin Shik's character and Yi Byung-hun's character, right? Yi Byung-hun's character is the well, he was supposed to be the lawful good, yeah, right. But the and Chemin Shik is the chaotic evil, mm-hmm. right? But what happens when the orderly, you know, when the lawful becomes the chaos? Yeah, right. Oh, so crazy, dude. Is he a chaotic good too? Is it good? No, he's he becomes a chaotic evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I I like the messaging behind it too. There's a lot of a lot of films don't do that, right? Yeah, Raya. <laughs> <laughs> people people like, don't understand. Yeah, sometimes even, like people understood the Raya thing, right? I think like when they took a step back as to why I was so irritated with this film, yeah. moral ambiguity. Yeah, like what is what are you trying to tell kids? Yeah. Trust everybody. <laughs> Even when they have every tell signs of being a toxic person in your life, remember, it's your fault. Yeah, just give them a chance. Yeah. yeah, just give them a shot. You know? They've given you <laughs> 10 red flags. It's still your fault. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, they can lecture you about what's fucked about you, but you can't do it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Raya. That's why I didn't like that film. Yeah. You know? It just... Like if you haven't watched this film yet, you shouldn't have listened to this podcast because even if you did, I think you'd still be shocked. Oh, you're going to find a lot more. Like we can't describe what you see. Yeah. <laughs> we can't describe it's, it to the fullest. Like the level of just acting. It's so amazing. Yeah. I feel like if somebody watched this and they wanted to go into acting, this is that piece that you should see mm. because you you get to see all these different arrays of emotions from one man, this psychopath. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I'll go back to it. Just seeing that moment where you got to see the serial killer show his human side was so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. He finally- Just to make him break was to humanize him. Yeah. Right? Like that was torture to his character yeah. <laughs> to become human. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and you could see the torture in Yi Byung-hun to become a monster. At the oh, same time. Look at that shit. This is yeah. so genius, dude. And the and monster becomes human, the human becomes a monster. Yeah. And and so like one of the the ways I I, I like watching the movie is I pretend it's a Batman movie. <laughs> I pretend that uh Yi Byung Hyun is Batman and Chemin Shik is the Joker. You know? And like oh. like because look at it, dude. Throughout every like uh, uh Batman um canon or whatever story you want to tell he never kills a joker he doesn't want to, it, whether it's his morale or morality i mean and like he always 
arrests him and, and put him in jail. And Joker always gets out and continues doing his thing. And in this movie, they're like, why are you letting him go? Turn him in. End it. End this. And there's few Batman stories, um, whether it's the, actually a lot of them, when he doesn't kill the Joker, you know, and there are a few dialogues between different movies, different comics, where the Joker, he says, you complete me. <laughs> we need each other to exist. Without me, you're nothing. You know, this is what the Joker is saying to the Batman. Yeah. He's trying to get the Batman to understand, like, I need you, but you need me too. Like, you don't understand how much we need each other. Like, even in the Snyder Cut at the very end, like, um, they're still alive in this apocalypse, but everyone around them is dead. Right? Yeah. Where it's just like the, the like I said, the two sides of the same coin kind of thing where it's like Batman is a lot like the Joker more than he thinks as much as he denies it too. They're the same. So if you start watching this and you you imagine you being on this Batman, it's just like, yo, they should remake this as a Batman movie. <laughs> it's the most satisfying Batman yeah. movie ever, dude. Yeah. Because, you know, throughout even the whole Batman thing, if I look at it now, I, I, I'm never satisfied when Joker loses because Joker doesn't feel remorse. Mm. Joker just goes, ah, you caught me. Yeah. And he, he doesn't, doesn't fucking and he, care. And he always laughs as he goes, right? Yeah. He's not yeah. taking anything away from Joker. Mm. You know, it goes to that idea of, you know, one of the best lessons of life is failure, right? Yeah. Because it affects you emotionally. It makes you think about things. Well, Joker doesn't feel that way. Yeah. And same thing with uh, Kyung Char. He doesn't feel anything. This torture stuff didn't work. What did he say? I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing the exact opposite of what he thought it was going to do. Yeah. So like I said, when that humanity comes out of him, oh, the satisfaction is amazing. Yeah. Because you could never imagine the Joker doing something like that, right? <coughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and and in that way, like when you watch this movie, like you're supposed to understand, like, well, well, as far as you've seen, like this guy is not that way. So at the end, when he's begging and crying, that's a new look. Mm. It's something different and you know and whether as an audience you feel empathy for him all of a sudden at the end or not when he gets his head chopped off and his family sees it and they suffer wasn't that the weird thing did you feel a little bad for him right yeah that's <laughs> the weirdest fucking thing yeah. right how, how does a film do that yeah <laughs> that's where you start like what the fuck did this movie just do yeah like you feel bad for him because there's collateral damage mm. it's like I, in my opinion it's like the mom, dad, and the son didn't deserve this. Mm. But the only way for him to exact his revenge and make this guy feel his pain, other people have to be burned along the yeah. way. There, nothing is nothing is free. Yeah, Like there has to be a give and take. And it just goes back to that idea of what we talked about, how kind of setting your life goals to do things in spite of people in terms of revenge always leaves you empty. Mm. And I found that out so many times in my life where I've oh, yeah. done things to spite people. And then when the job was done, I was like, what next? Yeah. Um, losing the weight I did I, I told you I, I did it out of petty resentment yeah <laughs> when I hit my goal I'm like how do I maintain this with hate because yeah. I've already made I've made my goal yeah no what well like the, the mindset wasn't the right way even when I first got back to LA um, I started openly telling people like when because they would actually ask me and like oh what motivates you to da -da, this and that and like hate yeah, I have so much hate in my heart. I think about all the people who fucked me over and all this shit, and I'm motivated to prove them wrong. And then 
I, 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 I hit my goal and I, I do what I want to do. And those motherfuckers don't even care. Yeah. You know, they don't even care. What have I been doing this entire time? <laughs> you were right? drinking poison, hoping that somebody else would die. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, it's sad. Yeah. It sucks. This was the revenge movie of all revenge movies. Like, mm-hmm. Has there been more revenge movies since? If there, there are, was a, it doesn't hold a candle yeah. to this film. Yeah, because the, the, in the, the 2000s, there was a load of revenge movies, murder mysteries coming out of Korea. And then this one, right at towards the end of the decade came out and we were just like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's going to follow up with this, right? Yeah. Like, e- even uh, Park Chan-wook, he stopped making revenge movies. Yeah, right? like, this is kind of eating at me. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the review of this film. Hopefully, you watch this film before you listen to this review. Um, literally, just one of the best films ever, man. And like I said, it's not because of the shock value. It's just because how everything was set up. It's I think it's a master class in writing. Yeah. Uh, um, beware before you put it on. Uh, we, we, we try to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we try to tell you. We told you everything. But trust me, as you see it, it's like. God damn, man. Yeah. yeah, chills. I mean, like, dude, did you did you watch a lot of fucked up movies growing up? Too? I like the like. Okay, the the big one for me in high school and college was the Takashi Miike movies. He, if you guys don't know who Takashi Miike is, he's weird, bro. Weird. This fool does the most sick fucking films, and then he does children films. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, my my friend in college kept showing me all of his movies. Have you seen Visitor Q, bro? No, I never saw it. Oh God, don't, <laughs> don't. So like, I, 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 I grew up watching these fucked up movies because of my friends in film school. <laughs> and like, so they, this guy brought me this Filipino guy. He brought, he gave me this DVD. He kept giving around to other classmates. He's like, I'm not gonna even tell you what it's about. Just put it on. <laughs> Human centipede. <laughs> yeah, yo, and it gets so fucked up. And then you see a movie like like Old Boy, like Lady Vengeance, Sympathy for Misfit, and then you see this movie, and you're like, "Whoa, this is still a film! Like this is cinema." Yeah, and it's fucked up. It's like, fucked up. It, it it takes you to those extremes, but then it 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 asks some genuinely real questions about our humanity. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it gets there. Yeah. So. You know, one of the things I don't like sometimes when people hear, maybe some of our reviews, they go, I think it's a very, they're like, oh, what did you expect from the film? Just because of the genre. It's like, listen, I'm not a movie snob. Mm. I love Nacho Libre. Yeah. One of the best films fucking ever. Remember when we first moved in together and then we, we we put on Nacho Libre and then we started... Quoting, quoting it as it went every time we're like oh shit we both love this fucking movie yeah, yeah. but i mean it's it, i think it's because it's the kind of movie i would like to make yeah right but then when we see these movies i don't want to make that yeah i enjoy watching it i don't want to yeah. make it and like white chicks <laughs> i fucking love white chicks yeah. dude starship troopers i love starship dude, troopers one of my favorite terrible. movies of all time yeah my favorite movie of all time that too movie is so terrible dude it's I so funny to me i love it Dude, there's just a lot like it, to expect even, like Marvel films, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you did this breakdown in the post. Like yeah. somebody was talking about what did you expect from – we keep bringing this up. I'll never let it die. Yeah. It's like <laughs> what did you expect from Shang-Chi? It's a Marvel film. Why Why do you guys expect it to teach you a lesson? You're giving cinema – not only just cinema but like 
the, the MCU, a bad name. Yeah. That they're that they're from children, therefore uh, adults, therefore they're just popcorn flakes. No, and you I literally remember. gave a list of every amazing MCU film and what the morality yeah. was in every film. Yeah. Iron Man movies, industrial military complex, privatized military, PTSD, Captain America, World War II, Captain America II, um, post 9-11 intelligence, privacy and, and um, fucking freedom. And then uh, Captain America Civil War. It's about government oversight, uh, special privileges. It's all the shit we're going through today. Right now, it's a reflection real of real Our life. society. And because the biggest critique that you were getting was like, why do you want to reflect real life? All these films are. Yeah. Why do you want a movie to mean nothing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why? Why do you want nothing out of a That's film? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, just not this film, but I'm just saying it's like, just because you liked it. It doesn't mean that we we have to look at it through your lens. We're going to watch it through our lens. Mm. And if we give you these 13 fucking examples of something that juxtaposes what you say, what is your response? Yeah. You're a hater. Like, <laughs> what just, the fuck? Yeah. My DMs to, to some guys says, why don't you just admit you and David are ignorant about Shang-Chi? Ignorant? What? Admit we're ignorant. <laughs> First of all, bitch, I watched that film more than you did. Yeah. And I hated it. Yeah, we gave it a shot. To, we paid for it in theaters because you know what? We're still supporting cinema like yeah, that. How dare you? We just saw it twice. We paid for it twice. We just didn't like it. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> That's like you eating ass once, you ate it, and you ate it two more times. Yeah. <laughs> we just had to make sure it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give it another yeah, try. Hell, nah, nah. Not for me. Yeah. We gave Shang-Chi a rim job. <laughs> yeah. I just. I don't expect shit from film. I just want to yeah. feel something. And if I don't feel something, I have to analyze why. Yeah. It's like, why didn't I like it? Or yeah. why did I like it sometimes? You yeah. Know? So you, you see how the way we, we just broke this movie down, like we're breaking down into character psyche. We're, we're, we're talking about um, a character arc. We're talking about these things. If it's missing from a movie, you're fucking right. We're going to complain about that yeah. shit. Like, what are we watching? Harry Potter for Asians? I know. <laughs> you know? And also, too, it's like the, the critique, too, when you tell people, it's like, why don't you do better? We cannot. We don't have $100 million, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course we can't do it, but yeah. we're watching it from a spectator point of view. Yeah. You know, that's like saying, like, everybody who watches basketball, you should be at the NBA level before you even watch a game. Yeah. Then what's the how would this shit make money? Yeah, we have to watch it. You're just ignorant about basketball, David. Yeah, just admit it. Admit you don't know anything about basketball. Oh you my know? god, dude, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, I, I think like the cool thing is, I think the comment section is really cool because people can discuss and go back and forth, and you know, just don't take things personally. I, yeah. I think the weird thing is when you start attacking me personally, like you idiot. I'm like, damn, bro, just yeah. talk about why you like the film. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's when I'm gonna get pity. I'm gonna fucking answer back, motherfucker. <laughs> They're like you fucking racist fuck. I'm like against. People who? who look like us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is just, it's just a movie. <sighs> I can't believe I've never, I like, I grew up not seeing any Asian actors in the film. No, you didn't, you fucking bitch. Yes, you did. The only Dang. reason why you notice it now is because somebody said that you should notice now that you didn't have Asian. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Ming Na, Kelly Hu, Jackie Chan. All that shit, dude. George Takei. Yeah. How come I can name this shit? How come, how come those people are never getting their due credit? They won't. Yeah. They won't because it's it wasn't part of the, cool to go ahead and support them at that time. Yeah. It doesn't go with the fucking Hollywood hype train. Yeah. It doesn't go with the narrative of where we're trying to take the culture. 
it's just like you know like fine like i i, I get your goals i i i like or i don't know if i like but i guess i i kind of support you know asian representation that's fine and whatever but can we have it good yeah can it be good and, can, <laughs> and also too like it's art it's art it's sub, it's going to be subjected to critique yeah not even critique just Sometimes some shit talking. Yeah. It's what it is. You can't you can't be mad at people for not liking the stuff that you like when it's something as harmless as a movie. Yeah, you didn't even make it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like we all saw it. We all and you know what? They still made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Oh, here's the thing too. Oh, my podcast was gonna tear the whole film down. Really? <laughs> are you for reals? Really? This podcast gets like 30,000 views. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think like it, it put a dent on anything. It didn't do anything. The only thing it put a dent in is Simu's heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, in, into his fans' hearts because they're feeling for him. They're even telling him how he should feel about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Did he make the film? It's like, dude, give it a rest. He's doing great. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. He's going to fucking host SNL. Yeah. It's amazing. You think we're out here like trying to tear that shit down? It's about time an Asian American hosted SNL. The last one was Jackie Chan fucking 23 years ago. Nora. Nora did it though. Yeah. Well, Asian American male. Yeah, male. Because before Nora too was Lucy Liu. Yeah. Back in 2002 or some shit. Yeah. That was decades ago and if it's happening now we're all for it we're not trying to not make it happen we're not fucking protesting snl like don't put simu on yeah but we're allowed to say how we feel about we just feel some way about that one movie yeah (laughs) and when i like it film i also like it really hard too yeah does it mean that i'm sucking that director's asian dick (laughs) or vagina absolutely not no dude i swear to fucking god whoever wrote farewell it was it was a female writer and director i believe yeah Put me in anything. I love. I love that film. Was amazing. Yeah. Good lord, please. I swear to God, I'll 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 play a Seven Eleven worker. I don't I don't give a yeah. fuck. <laughs> Just <laughs> give it to me. Well, guys, you could uh, catch Ed at Ed Park VP Genius Springs every Thursday and Sundays until next year, starting January first, once a week. Uh, let us know in the comments below what you thought about the film if you watched it or another film that we should review. Um, it seems like you guys like the Korean films a lot because a lot of people haven't seen or watched or heard of the, about mm. these films. Let us know in the comments below, and we'll see you all next time. Make a poll, dude. Oh, I actually, I actually could do it through um, the distributor that I use, Anchor. Uh, so okay. people answer there, too. Uh, okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask a poll on the Anchor app if you guys could go there. By the way, you could also donate support, too, if you want. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. Please. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.